Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hey guys, before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let y'all know that my entire family has switched our cell phone service over to Patriot. And it has been such a great move for us. Patriot Mobile is America's only conservative cell phone company. They're all about freedom, the Constitution, giving you the power to support conservative organizations. It's right up our alley. It's like having a superpower for your beliefs. Patriot Mobile uses the same reliable networks as the big carriers, so you'll get great service wherever you go. We did not see a change in our service, and actually it's gotten better. Their customer service is incredible. You call and you immediately get someone on the phone to help you with something. They've got plans to fit every budget from unlimited talk and text to data-packed options for all your streaming needs. And when you make this switch to Patriot Mobile, they will buy out your current contract up to $500 a line. So fellow freedom-loving friends, it is time to make the change. Head over to PatriotMobile.com today. Use the code Blake for 10% off your bill. That's patriotmobile.com, code Blake. Thanks for listening. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Krabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident Krabby Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I have Jay and Ray Ann here today, and we are talking about being a girl dad. Uh, <laughs> anybody that's been listening to the show knows that I am the daughter of a girl dad, and I am married to a girl dad, so this is my life, and I love this conversation. Y'all welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Hi, Blake. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Thanks for having us, Blake. So I want to hear a little bit about each of you like individually before we jump into a conversation about y'all's relationship and this book that you wrote together, which what a gift like to have that legacy live on that you've written a book together. That's so cool. But Jay, just tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a prolific author. I'm asking you to boil down a lifetime of accomplishments. (laughs) Let me see if I can do that. Okay. I sold photocopiers for a while. I was in advertising on Michigan Avenue for a while, doing with big budget advertising. I helped named named Sun Chips. I love. I that. did TV spots for Corona Beer. I'm moving on from that, my faith was growing. I got called to Christian ministry, uh, producing radio broadcasts. I might have got fired from my Michigan Avenue job. A, a new creative director came in and cleaned house, and that's how I ended up. And suddenly, I was using my gifts to serve. God, oh my goodness, what a uh, privilege that was. I produced a 
kinds of Christian radio for Chuck Colson and, and Josh McDowell and um, for Voice of the Martyrs. I produced Jesus Freaks Radio with Michael Tate and Toby Mack. Just a great stuff. And then about 20 years ago, I wrote a book and then I wrote another book and now I've got 38 books. I'm not sure. My second book, uh, Blake, was with Tyndale. Yeah. Uh, and uh, your first book. Yes. So the Crappy Christian with Tyndale. Great folks over there. I know yes. tons of folks. A side story because I'm I've got the microphone. <laughs> Left Behind is their biggest book ever. Right. I wrote the ad, the first ad for Left Behind. Wait, so the Left Behind books is how my husband became a believer. Well, there you go. There you Isn't go. Isn't that crazy? It's such a small world. And I'm good friends with Jerry Jenkins. I wrote a book for this is a book for uh we're talking about girl dad, a book for dads of daughters, but I have wrote a book for dads of sons. Jerry Jenkins wrote the forward for me there. Wow. So anyway, so I bet you I know a lot of people you know. Oh, yeah. But that's what you need to know about me. Uh, jpayleitner.com is my website, of course. Huh. Uh, the best thing about me, I have four sons. Who cares about them? <laughs> I, uh, but I, but after my four sons, I had the delightful uh, pleasure of welcoming uh, the beautiful, lovely, smart, brilliant, talented, sometimes oh, uh, controversial... Uh, Ray Ann Payleitner into the world. There you go. B Blake, how was that for an introduction? That was perfect. I love it. <laughs> Ray Ann, it's so nice to meet you. It's great to meet you too, Blake. Tell me about how, like, because you have a really crazy, like, you've done a lot in your short life as well. I'm, I'm anxious to hear it. I'm anxious to hear it. <laughs> very true. Very true. Well, obviously, where I started out was the same way that my dad ended there. My parents in St. Charles, Illinois, grew up there with four older brothers, which obviously is going to shape how I look at the world, shape how I view the world. But a wonderful, wonderful home growing up, very sports-oriented family, very faith-oriented family. And so as the youngest, I kind of got to see all of them choose their life paths and got to see how they figured out who they were, both in their faith and as men. And that was, uh, that was a huge gift for me. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was in a lot of different activities and I ended up actually going to the United States military Academy out of high school for a couple of years there. I, I played, I played softball for the black Knights over there in New York. I suffered a few different injuries that, that made me made it so I couldn't commission commission as an officer. And so I exited there after two years and ended up moving over to Ireland, change of pace, you know, just mix, mix it up a little bit. And I went to went to school at uh, University College of Dublin for several years. I, I lived there for for just over four years. So, and that was a, a completely different life in and of itself. All right, go from the military to <laughs> Ireland. Talk about whiplash. Very different. <laughs> That's exactly right. A little bit of that. And for her, for her mom and dad too, by the way, that's right. a last for yes. her mom and dad. Right, so, for okay. sure. Yes, everyone got caught in the crossfire there a little bit. <laughs> and then I ended up moving back here about five years ago now, and I started doing work in operational consulting and data analytics. So that's kind of what my days are filled with. I don't have the thirty-eight books that my dad has. <laughs> this is book number one for me, but it's uh, it's it's certainly been a journey. Yeah. What did y'all's relationship look like as you were growing up, Ryan? Like, what were y'all tight? Because you, you have four brothers, like, right? More kids, there's more, like, more of the parents has to go around, right? 
Oh, absolutely. I, I recommend that uh, moms and dads who love kids and are good at it have lots of kids. Have more kids. Yeah. Because there's more love to go around. Love is exponential mm -hmm. then. It's not like it's divided love. Oh, no. no love, yeah, love, love. absolutely. So uh, Rayanne always felt loved and part of things. She spent a lot of times on ble in bleachers and on sidelines and in, mm -hmm. uh, watching wrestling matches and and uh, and baseball games with her brothers. And that just forces you to kind of get together. And then, um, and I still, even though uh, the boys were around, I still uh, would go out and do chalk drawings on the driveway with Rayanne because that was just fun. I mean, yeah. and all those little things to stay connected. So if you spend... I'm going to steal this totally from my friend Josh McDowell, who used to say, <laughs> if you spend time with them now, they will spend time with you later. Amen. When they're two or three, little girls uh, want to spend time with dad. Mm -hmm. And when they're eight, they want to sit on dad's lap still. Mm -hmm. But when they're about 11 or 12 or 13, Blake, they don't want to sit on dad's lap anymore. And that's okay, because they'll come back. And, and uh, when they're 17, 18 or 20, it's come back and sit on your lap. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what did y'all's relationship the relationship oh well the point was driving Rianne to softball tournaments and practices that's where we had our best conversations yeah every once in a while you get a, a pastor or something that trashes trashes sports or trashes especially traveling sports how dare you not show up on a sunday morning well you know what my kids at uh end of the year banquets athletic banquets for some reason the the coaches think that they need to have somebody do a, a prayer mm -hmm. before the meal. And these are all secular. These are not Christian right. teams or school. And so often I would show up and we'd go to this thing. And and now they, and now uh, Alec Payleitner or, or Randy, Randy Payleitner or, or Max or Rayanne Payleitner is going to do our, our opening prayer for our meal. It's like, mm. where did that come from? Yeah. What a ministry that was. Yeah. Because they knew that my kids, my kids, they knew that Rayanne was sharp and respectful and, and a leader on the team. And, so that's real world ministry versus get, get to everybody get to church on Sunday mornings. Absolutely. It's yeah. a great building. Building community is the great thing. But holy cow, if you're a, see, you're, you're bring Blake, you're bringing this out of me here. I've never said this before on any interview ever. I've done hundreds of interviews and I got to do one more side note. Uh, Rayanne is a better speaker and uh, communicator than me, but here's a thought for you. In my best-selling book, 52 Things Kids Need from a Dad. 52 Things Kids Need from the Dad. One of them is decide about the word crap. Because a dad has to decide that. Okay. And I wasn't sure whether a kid, whether you should let your, your kid say the word crap. Yeah. Two-year-old shouldn't say crap. That shouldn't be his first word. Yeah, no. <laughs> not, not a good thing. But I didn't know. So I uh, emailed 20, 20 dads I knew that were just like me, trying to get the job done. Well, we you know, church-going guys. and. I said, is it okay to use the word crap? And a few of them said, oh, heavens no, Jay. We don't allow the word crud. Right. Or gee whiz or gosh in our house because it's blasphemous. And then another handful of these men who are all the same as me said, oh, yeah, Jay, that's easy. We even, I mean, we even dropped the F-bomb several times a day in our house. I'm going, what? Wow. <laughs> so so uh, we're all different. Yeah. But a dad needs to decide about the word crap. And if you're going to call your book in your podcast, Confessions of a Crappy Christian, that says something about you, Blake. What does that say about you, Blake? But uh, anyways, okay, Ray, I'd pick it up from here. Did we have a good relationship growing up? I'm sorry, it's too much stuff. A little fire hose there. I'm enjoying myself this morning. I love it. You're good. Uh, Ray, and uh, pick up, pick up. Did we get along? Did we get along all those years? Did we get along? Do we still get along? Well, you know, Blake, a lot of people ask that question 
especially with this book coming out, even right. like our friends are saying like, yeah. oh, well, clearly you guys have a great relationship then. Has it always been that way? And as I really think about that question, the answer is, well, our relationship has never been the same. Mm. We've both evolved as people mm. throughout the years. I certainly have, you know, because it's my whole lifetime. But my dad has also evolved over the yeah. last 30 years since I've known him. And as he should, right? We all are striving to grow and evolve and learn. And life happens. Things happen. We go through things. We meet people that, that change us and and lose people that change us. All of that happens. And we evolve as people. And what's very cool is as long as you figure out how to evolve together, mm-hmm. as long as the relationship can evolve with you, mm-hmm. it's all going to be okay. And I think that's the key. Sometimes, very often, I've seen it a lot of times in my friends and peers that they've evolved away mm-hmm. from their dad. Mm-hmm. Right. And not for not for worse. Right. It's not that they've evolved poorly, mm-hmm. but they've evolved away. Mm-hmm. And so I think if if dads can set the tone by intentionally as they evolve and grow to grow with their daughter, yeah. be honest, open about the changes they go through and and be in that that day to day life, then the daughter will evolve with you as well. Yeah. Uh, because if the relationship matters, you evolve with the person. That's how every marriage I've ever seen, right? Friendships from when you're six, you know, across the board. I don't want to be the same person. Like, of course, if I'm the same person I was when I was six, we're in trouble. (laughs) And if my dad was the same person that I was when I was six, that means that he's gone 30 years almost without changing. And that I, I wish I would have had the forethought to have my dad on Mm. this episode. That would have been so (laughs) fun to get to talk to four of us because we we're super tight, kind of always have been. He is, my dad's name is Earl and his nickname is literally Earl the Pearl. Like he, there's <laughs> nobody like him. He's the best there is, but we've had to do that where I'm not who I was when I was even 20. Right. Your relationship as a father and daughter, mm-hmm. it evolves and it hopefully like changes from that father daughter to like a more of a friendship. That's exactly right. And that happens like kind of when you graduate college or when you're kind of on your own and that we did that, we became friends, but we're still totally different people, even 10 years, 15 years later. And it is that it's almost like a gift to get to evolve together. You know, people ask about this book, you know, is it, who's it for, right? And Mm -hmm. is it for the guy who just had his infant daughter last week? Absolutely. Why not put it in his hands? Is it for the the father of the of the 13 year old who's driving him up a wall and he doesn't understand? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Put it in his hands. And I've had a couple people go, well, I wish I had this book 10 years ago because my daughter's 20 now and I don't even know she's out of my house. I don't even know where to start. And I really think that the true message of this book is getting through those seasons of life and the seasons don't end. Right. Your father and daughter, if, you know, God willing, everyone lives, lives as long as they're supposed to, as supposed to live, you get seasons well past 18. Oh, yeah. And those, I think, and my dad can jump in certainly here in a moment and speak from his perspective, but I think those seasons are, are some of the best. You know, yeah, you're not the perfect little princess or the superhero anymore. Yeah. That you are when you're eight. But you know what? Perfect little princesses and superheroes, they're boring. Yeah. And they're not real. They're not reality. <laughs> That's what I was going to yeah. say. Like, they're not real exactly. life. Exactly. They're not yeah. real. And so instead, if, <laughs> if you do that, if you evolve together, if you just show up 
and be together and honest with each other, you get to transform into a dozen different versions of yourself. And then, and that goes, that's good times and bad times. That's some harsh reality on both sides, but you get to kind of evolve into these people that get to do life together. Yeah. And who get to rejoice in their successes and thrive in their company and comfort, find comfort in, eventually you get to find comfort in each other's friendship. And that's the best. That's the best. And I want dads, all the girl dads out there to have that perspective that there is that long game. Exactly. I don't want to go into sales mode here, but I can't imagine any dad reading this book and just even skimming through it and going, oh yeah, there are two perspectives. There's, there's a dad who's doing his best and this little girl, I need to hear what she has to say. Mm-hmm. I have learned so much from Rain mm-hmm. over the years. And then especially because we were forced to, I mean, once you sign the book contract, <laughs> you write this book together. It's like, oh, I, I knew that, but I'm here to hear it from her. To get your little girl, your little girls, whatever old she is, your, her perspective oh, yeah. on how to relate to her mom, mm-hmm. her perspective on boys and on friends and on sports events and and on the, uh, her her opinion on this broken world. Yeah. Of image. Oh, my goodness. What a blessing it has been. I, I wish I would have had the book when I was when she was <laughs> 10, yeah. years, 10 years. No, old. absolutely. I actually just did an interview like last week with a guy who his whole thing is the epidemic of fatherlessness. And he focuses more on boys and takes them like on these wilderness trips and they do mentorship. And it's so incredible. But one of the converse, one of the parts of the conversation was just about how important the presence of fathers is. And you just kind of alluded to this, that you're, if nothing else, your dad was present. You know, and you were just talking about driving her to tournaments and driving her being at award ceremonies. And it does, it goes so much further beyond that. And it goes into being emotionally present Mm -hmm. and, and making an effort, but just we're at a point, I think in American society where we just need dads to be present, not just physically present, but like, I realize that you have a little girl and maybe you don't understand her and maybe like her hormones are wild and she's crying about nothing, but like, how can you stay present even when it's hard? I think that you're exactly right. I think that showing up physically, you know, is a big chunk of it, you know, actually being there. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I, it was a gift to me that my dad was a freelancer growing up, right? His office, even where he's sitting right now is 12 steps away from our kitchen table. So and he was able to make his own hours. So, I mean, I'm very lucky. Yeah. He made all of my, you know, four o'clock softball games. Right. That's a gift. That's a gift. I, that is not the norm and, yeah. and it's not even the expectation. Yeah. So I'm not trying to put that on any dads that need to, you know, need to be at work at that time, but find ways to do that. Find ways to find those pockets of time that you can be there physically. But I think you just briefly said it there, Blake, and I want to really nail down on it is that emotional availability is so important because yes, being physically there, that's step one. Yeah. And being emotionally there is step two. You as, especially for, for your daughter, mm-hmm. you're shaping how she views adults in her life, views authority figures in her life, but also how she views men in her life. Yep. And relationships and relationships, everything yeah. across the board. And you want her to look at men in her and, you know, in the future 
are yeah. in her friends and have that expectation that they're going to be open. They're going to be honest. One of the best things my dad did for me, and I didn't even realize he was doing it because I didn't realize how rare it was because I was 12. Yeah. Right. And I didn't know that no one else was doing it is he would ap- apologize to me Huge. if he did something wrong, even if it was a small thing, but if he did something wrong, he'd come up and knock on my door and say, you know what? I messed up. I'm sorry. And how can we move through this? I need yeah. you to know. I didn't know that that was a rare thing. But that's amazing that like you grew up in a yeah. home where adults, not just adults, yeah. adult right. men apologize. Right. Like, <laughs> that set you up. In my mind, in my mind, of course, but you're right. No, but that is not the norm. I grew up in a home like that. And my husband is like that because I'm one of those, like I married my dad, essentially. Like I married a carbon copy of my father, but like that is not the norm. And that we, we are raising girls to think that men should just be able to get away with bad behavior. And I know that sounds like some kind of like psychoanalysis, but think about it. Like, look at the women that are walking Mm -hmm. around and it's because of their fathers. Let me kind of wrap around this with with this, this concept. I have a, a relationship with the National Center for Fathering and the Fatherhood Commission, and I actually have written co-written four thousand scripts for today's father radio program. So I've been thinking about about the dads a lot, and I've actually typed the word fatherlessness mm-hmm. probably a thousand times, two thousand times. It it gets always gets red underlined because it's not a real word. Right. Okay. So fatherlessness. <laughs> And and even when and I give my talks at events and put up some statistics about the scourge of fatherlessness, how it leads to prison and dropout rate. Okay, right. The secret is that idea of a father not being in the house is one problem. But we need to talk about fathers who are in the house, yeah, who think that they are getting the job done. And uh, Rayanne mentioned that I showed up at all her softball games. That was selfish. I just I just enjoyed them. <laughs> but here's the point. I've heard dad say, well, I've never missed a kid's football game. Big stinking deal. Yeah. That's nothing. That is the that is the bare minimum. As That's a the fact. easy part. By the way, if you miss a game or two, it's probably a good thing because your daughter or son needs to know that you have a life. Exactly. And it's really okay to miss a game. It really is. So that's the bare minimum. So I guess my thought is fatherlessness. If you go, well, I'm 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 still in the house. I'm still living under the same roof as my daughter. So I'm getting the job done. And eh, sorry. And it's not work, but it's not work. And every every moment that you put into it, it comes back a hundredfold. Absolutely. Uh, not that you have to write a book, but the rewards are so great later on. And I think, Rayanne, you and I are both kind of proof of that, that we Ooh. have these incredible thriving relationships with our fathers now as adults, as we've had the opportunity to evolve as people and watch our fathers evolve as people that I can tell like not not a lot of my girlfriends have that. I don't know about yours, but it's this is not the norm. Millions of Americans experience thinning hair, and among women, it's not openly talked about. So going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. You can join the thousands of women that are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve visible thickness and strength and get to the root of the issue. From postpartum to menopause, Nutrafol has four unique formulas to support women. Each is physician-formulated using drug-free, science-backed ingredients 
so you can get the most reliable results. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code BLAKE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code BLAKE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code BLAKE. I want to talk a little bit about, I know this is difficult because it's trying to sum up a lifetime of of fathering, (laughs) but we talked already about apologizing. And I say that all the time because I do that. My husband does that. My parents did that. I think that is such an incredible first step towards emotional presence, intentionality, like creating a relationship. And it's not just this authoritarian Mm -hmm. reign. But I want to hear from both of you, like when you look back, what are some other things that people can take away from listening that like, sometimes we just need something that's implementable, right? Like, okay, yes, I can apologize when I'm wrong. What are some other things like that, that y'all look back and see in your relationship that you think helped bring you to where you are today? I'll jump in. It's uh, about, well, we've kind of covered this already. Staying connected is about entering her world. Yes. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe quit golf for the set for 15 years kind of thing. Or maybe even better than that would be to invite her, your 12 year old daughter to golf with you kind of thing. Yeah. So enter her world. Enter her world. And then invite her to enter your world. I love that. And and suddenly you, you'll stay connected. The other thing is uh, you have to know your daughter well enough to help her find her sweet spot. I mean, I didn't, I didn't tell Rayanne to go to West Point. I didn't tell Rayanne to go to Ireland. That was never even part of my deal. But at least I encouraged her uh, with with my wife, of course. My golly, that's my best resource, you know. And I, I my best resource is, is is your wife, of course. Yes. And even your ex wife could be a, a great resource for dads. But um, helping Rianne explore, she was very humble and modest, d- describing her growing up. Oh yeah, I believe From that. Music to theater to to student council to to sports to all. I mean, leadership in church. She founded a. A, a Friday morning, Friday morning uh, thing at at school. Yeah, a little Bible study in a public high school. You can't do that. Yeah. But she did. And guess who paid for the donuts? I paid for the donuts. Yeah, so, yeah. that's entering her world, though. Entering her world. Yeah. Every day she came to me for that twenty bucks. It's like, okay, I got it. Enjoy. Love you. Yeah. Boom. Done. Yeah. So uh, that kind of thing. And one other thought would be, uh, I'll let Rand chime in here, but maybe have some secrets. Mm. Fathers and daughters could have secrets, and maybe she thinks, especially when she's little, that mom doesn't know the secrets. But dad, you can tell the secrets. You know, you can tell what's going on yes. and share what's going. But but have secrets and maybe have uh, you know, uh, that, oh, that's our park bench. Yeah, well, and you said that about donuts. My husband yeah. <laughs> every Thursday morning he goes and gets donuts, and like I don't even really eat donuts; they make my stomach hurt. <laughs> But like the girls know, like we put them to bed on Wednesday night and they're like, dad's going to get donuts in the morning. Like (laughs) just like, I love watching them have their own thing and kind of their own little world. And like, I love what you said about entering her world and bringing, you know, bringing them into yours. Cause even now as an adult, let me tell you, my parents do not understand what I do. They love it. They support me. But like being a podcaster and an influencer, (laughs) they do not get it, but they try 
they try and my dad tries to get it and he sends me TikToks that he thinks are like <laughs> relatable, you know? So oh. like, he's still now like entering my world mm-hmm. and bringing me into his. That is such a good word. I love that. That last thought about it's such a, a good idea that I'm, I'm about to share here that, that just came, came upon me. Our park bench, our booth at McDonald's. Yes. Our our TV show, Ray and I, for a while. And when she was that that age, that younger age, we had a TV show. Uh, our TV show's on. Yeah. And maybe you could even have our uh, our, our scripture verse mm-hmm. kind of thing. Something like, and a good, a good example would be that great uh, verse in Matthew, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. But uh, that's our verse, but uh, that could be your verse, but we don't say... You don't say the whole verse. You say, "Hey, seek first. Yeah, you know, seek. First. As she as she walks out the door, say, "Hey, sweetheart, have a great day. Seek first. I love that. And she know what that click, click, click that. Or um, Paul wrote all just about all of Paul's letters. He started, "I thank my God every time I remember you." So as she heads out the door, no, you know that's your verse together. Yeah. Every time, hey, sweetheart, have a great day. Every time, every time yeah. I think of you, boom. There are ways that you can connect without without beating beating Jesus into their heads. Yeah, yeah. Make it real. Uh, uh, have your own uh, Have your own faith. And that's bringing it into your world, right? Like that's mm-hmm. pulling it in. I love, my dad and I have a handshake ah, that he created when I was perfect. like in middle school and it was like a special achievement handshake. Like when he was like extra proud, it was a handshake, you know, just stuff like that. And he didn't overuse it. You use it at the didn't right time. He didn't overuse it. Yeah, it was like a Paul Hollywood good. handshake. I don't know if y'all watch Great British Baking Show, but it was like a Paul Hollywood handshake. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't know. I don't want to know. Rhea, what about you? I would say, you know, this is a great example of actually kind of how we wrote the book, which is my dad gives very practical insights and he's trying to speak to all the dads reading the book. And I really viewed my job in the book as giving context, yeah. right? Giving that different perspective. He's given you the tools, but I want to give you the perspective to be able to use them well. And I think that this is a good example. He gave you, you know, he gave you a laundry list right there of great ideas, great things to apply. And what I want to do is just kind of encourage dads out there to think differently about how they're engaging with their daughter. My dad, he alluded to it right there at the end, but your daughter has to build her own life, right? She is your little girl. She's always going to be your little girl. I'm not trying to fight that, but she also is going to have so many other things about her. She's going to be her own woman. She's going to go through her own struggles. She's going to just have to evolve herself and she's going to have hopes and dreams and failures and flaws and potential. And so if you can, as dads, look at that big picture, fear for everything that she is mm-hmm. and then look to connect with that. What you'll find is that if you can be vulnerable with her, and I think dads find it a little bit easier to be vulnerable with their daughters than mm-hmm. with their sons, right? That's, yeah. that's a, a pretty common thing. So I would say practice, practice with your daughter, right? Practice with your daughter about being vulnerable and then do it with your sons also. Cause they yeah, need yeah, that too. Yeah. But, but <laughs> I digress. I think that, being vulnerable with your daughter, the way that she's going to build her own faith, because we all go through doubts, right? We all go through struggles. We all go through seasons of life where, where we're not really sure what we believe or how to believe it or what we're doing. And we go through trials that we need to fight through. And if your daughter thinks that you had this have this perfect Christian faith, that's unfallible. Yep. 
she's going to think that she's a failure. Yep. And she's a oh, failure yeah. as a Christian. And so instead, just be vulnerable with her. Yeah. Talk it through. And that can be as easy as, hey, you know what? In my quiet time today, I read this verse and I'm really struggling with it. What do you think? Yeah. Or it could be that pastor said something today from the pulpit. And I don't know what, how did you take that? Cause I, yeah. I took that a little differently or things that are much more right. If you go through a, go through something traumatic, don't, don't push her away, pull her mm-hmm. close to you mm-hmm. so that she can see how, how you move through life through those struggles. Cause I think if you view your daughter that way, not as this thing that needs to be kept in a box, right. Perfect porcelain box that you, that you can look at and show off but is away from you yeah. instead of you work on pulling her towards you, especially in times of difficulty, she's going to be better off for that. Absolutely. Cause she knows that, that you're still strong, that she can be strong. And that even when life throws things, when this broken world throws things mm-hmm. at you, or, you know, when you have some brokenness inside of you that throws things at you. I really think the apologizing sets the, mm-hmm. sets the table for that. Absolutely. You know, like, some of those conversations may not necessarily mm-hmm. be possible when your kids are five, six, and seven, but you can be apologizing and you can be absolutely yeah. appropriately letting them see you struggle. Like I have right. anxiety has been my lot in life. I don't let that get ugly in front of my kids, mm-hmm. but they know that sometimes like I need to, I need to mm-hmm. go like do some breathing, put my face in some cold water or something. And my oldest struggles with anxiety a little bit. And so she doesn't feel as crazy or alone because mom's going, uh, yeah, yeah, same. But because we apologized and saw our kids as individuals yeah. when they were three and four, mm-hmm. now it's not like we're all of a sudden trying to like be relatable now that yeah. they can relate to things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Y'all disagree quite a bit in the book. <laughs> I want to talk about some of the things you disagree about, but what was that? Did y'all know you were going to disagree before you started writing it? Well, how the whole book came to be is a really great story with several twists and turns. That'll speak to your question. The original book deal came easy because the topic is urgent and Christian publishers know that. The role of girls and young women is changing and and there's opportunities and challenges and, and, and dangers that dads know about and we're desperate to stay connected. So I signed this book contract to write a book for me on my own to write a book for dads of daughters. Okay. And it was going to be a nice book with ideas. Yeah. And how to stay connected to your daughter. Because that was, that's what the publisher kind of kicking around. A nice book, Jay, just all uplifting and positive. So I began to write chapters on your daughter and her friends, your daughter and hopes and dreams, kind of, kind of things you've been talking about today. Yeah. Your daughter and her mom. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make sure I was on the right track. So Rayanne, at that point, was in Ireland, going to law school, by the way. So I realized I needed to get her input. I wanted just to, to run stuff faster, faster. And Rayanne, you could pick up the story from there, probably. Oh, sure. Well, you have to understand, as as my dad said, he's written 38 books, right? right. So him asking for our insight isn't anything new. Yeah. Best-selling book, 52 Things Kids Need from a Dad. I remember, you know, sitting at the kitchen table, 12 paces from his office, and he would come on and go, hey, guys, I'm on number 38. Can you yeah. help me brainstorm a little bit? Right? <laughs> yeah. This wasn't new. This wasn't a new concept to me. And so when he sent me, and he also has always sent us his manuscripts before he turns them in, just to make, you know, 
clear the air and make sure because it's, it's all about parenting and right. Fatherhood, You're like, you it, know, and we're it relates. Give us a heads up, yeah. Yeah. And so when he sent that to me, I obviously was pretty far away from the kitchen table at that point. Yeah. In Ireland, and with time zones and technology wasn't what it was, it, what it is now at the time. So I decided to write out my feedback, and I I just sent it back to him and washed my hands of it, thinking it was just another one of those kitchen table conversations. Let me go pick up from here. The idea is that, and this wasn't just notes. This was real paragraphs that she had worked on. I'm not yeah. sure how hard she worked, but they were brilliant and they were pushed back. And again, I know that I was so glad. It's like, wow, I I never went through this with Rayanne, this particular issue, perhaps, whatever right. it was, but one of her friends had, and she reflected that back into it. It's like, oh, this needs to be in the book. So I talked to my publisher. They said, sure, you can write the book with, with your daughter. Suddenly, it wasn't so nice anymore. Yeah. The book wasn't so nice. It was candid, honest, serious. So the book actually kind of sat on the shelf for a while because they weren't sure what to do with it. Yeah. It wasn't this cute little book anymore. Fast forward, we redeveloped the contract, and suddenly I'm splitting my my advance. (laughs) I'm I'm not sure that's quite fair. But the point was, the book, the working title for a while was Fathers versus Daughters. Hmm. So I, I, we, I have these 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 chapters that are three thousand words, and the last in the and then at the end is a thousand words or fifteen hundred words from Rayanne on why I was wrong, what I've done better, stuff I, stuff I missed, and I, I just really quickly need to say that I divide my chapters into insights, insights for girl dads that, and one of them one of them is celebrate her defiance, celebrate her defiance because you want her to to push back. Mm-hmm. My daughter and I aren't getting along. Well, that's fantastic. She's yep. supposed to work through things. I mean, she needs to have some doubts in her life. Yeah. When she deals with those doubts, uh, think about um, Doubting Thomas. You know that great verse? Um, yeah, I was, I was starting to get a little spiritual here, but... um, It's a Christian podcast. You're good. <laughs> and the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, is a response to Doubting Thomas saying, right. Jesus, we don't know how to get to heaven. How do you get to heaven? What, what are you talking about? And so the idea of the doubts leading to great truth mm. That mm-hmm. your daughter can hang on to because, uh, you know, that great verse, First Corinthians, when I was a child, I spoke, I talked as a child, spoke as a child, but I have to throw away childish things to really own my faith. And that's what we have to do as, as dads is to make sure that your daughter doesn't hang on to your faith. She has to own it herself. Yes. I'm going to finish my little tirade here with this. My part were insights for dads. Rayanne added at the end of the chapters things like the reality checks. Yeah. And it corrected me. Then the the Hey Rayanne, which we we figured out some questions that dads might ask. Yeah. Questions like, Hey Rayanne, I'm not my daughter's not sure about her future. Hey Rayanne, my daughter hates her coach. Mm. Hey Rayanne, my daughter, my daughter might be doing drugs and alcohol. I don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. Hey Rayanne, my daughter is obsessed with clothes and makeup. Or hey Rayanne, my daughter doesn't do the makeup thing. Yeah. And Rayanne. That's not me. That's Rayanne answering those questions that a dad would ask. Yeah. Anyway, so book is if when you see the word girl dad, really it's fathers versus daughters or or point counterpoint. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. But I like that it's not just another cute fatherhood book. Mm. There's enough of those, you know, like there's enough books about taking your girls to get ice cream and their (laughs) first car and boyfriends. And, and, And that's all good. And that's all good. And that stuff can be in this book. Like Mm. we can talk about boys and makeup and stuff like that, but 
if we're not setting the foundation of being intentional and being present and mm-hmm. making that effort, you're going to be coasting through all of that other stuff. Right. And so I love that this really like goes a little bit deeper and talks about the relationship and not just the outcome. I think it's at least what I found. Now, my dad's been in the I've been more in the secular world, in the business world, doing my work and schooling and everything like that. My dad's been in the in the Christian world for a long time with his writing and broadcasts and, and radio and everything like that. And what I've seen growing up, unfortunately, it's an unfortunate thing. I went to public public high school, but I was very involved in my church. And so I knew a lot of kids who went to Christian schools or were homeschooled, you know, that kind of thing. Very, their kind of whole world, whole world was that kind of Christian. I call it the Christian bubble, not in Mm -hmm. a bad way. No, yeah. That's that's, that's what your life is. And I've seen those people, I've seen some obviously go on to great success and they're leading great lives. But I've seen it where, you know, if they're in this bubble for too long, you know, they go from their Christian elementary schools to their Christian middle schools, all their friends are Christian, they go to Christian college, and then all of a sudden they're 22 and stepping into the world. And I've seen that crash and burn. And that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And, and again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those institutions, but I think it's important for that reality to be mm-hmm. a conversation, especially between a father and daughter, because all those dads out there, you can be kind of that cushion, right? Right. You can, you can be there for them so that they hit, they, you know, when they're going through some stuff, when they're learning things, you can be there for them to kind of softly, softly hit right. it or else the world is going to come for them. Right. It, it is. I yeah. promise the world is going to come for you. And you kind of saying this, like there's my girls are six and eight. They live in a Christian bubble. Yeah. A hundred percent. They go to Christian sure. private school. Yeah. They're involved in our church. Our friends are believers. And I don't think there's a problem with that, but no. I want to be there when the bubble pops. And that's exactly right. And that's I want to be like what they land on. And I want to be, I want to have invested in them their entire lives mm-hmm. so that when the bubble pops, I'm who they want to talk to about it. I'm who they want right. to fall back on. And I think that's what we're essentially talking about establishing. Absolutely. Is it's not about, you know, we're not throwing our kids in the deep end and being like, okay, swim. You know what I mean? Like, we don't want to do that either. Right. But are you investing so that when it hits the fan, Mm -hmm. I want my kids to come to me. I don't want them to go to the internet. Mm -hmm. I don't want them Mm -hmm. to go to their friends. I want them to come to me. Yes. And that takes work and investment and intentionality on the front end to establish. Mm -hmm. And I think dads play such a huge part in that. And that's why it's re- the dads know mm-hmm. all this stuff, right? They know that the world is is a broken place. They know that there are things that are, you know, there's potentially some brokenness in in your in your kids just because we're in a fallen world. That's just yep. the nature of it. And so, being honest about that, being realistic about that, it's very easy for dads to kind of just push that to the side and say, "I don't want to think about it," right? Because I promised when I held her in my arms for the first time that I would protect her from everything, right? Nothing would touch her. And that's unfortunately, you know, that's just not the reality of the world that we live in. And so I don't, I want for those daughters to be able to walk into the world proudly, confidently. Yeah. And strong in their own faith. Yeah. And that when things go wrong, right. Yeah. That they are, I'm going to steal a phrase from my dad here, that they're part of the solution. Right. Don't yeah. protect them from the problem. 
Right. Because maybe, mm. maybe they're a part of the solution. Amen. Maybe they're the key. Maybe the the non-believer down the street, maybe they're the key. Yeah. Maybe the person who's going to go through those struggles when, when your daughter is 25, you know, and they have that roommate in college and they're going through some hard times, maybe because your daughter is so strong and knows, yes. knows the reality of the world. She can be a part of the solution. Yeah. Protect her certainly, but don't cloud her. Don't blind her to the realities of the world. Instead, educate her and love her and support her so that she can go out into the world and be a part of the solution. Amen. That's so good. This is such a good conversation. I feel like we could keep talking forever. I'm so thankful for both of you and just that you're like, this is not easy to kind of put your relationship on display. And so I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. that y'all are doing this and for this book and we will link where people can get the book and follow along with both of you in the show description. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, thanks, Blake. You're awesome. Keep doing, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. And this wasn't crappy at all. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the crappy Christian podcast. And Hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.